What's good, Internet, and welcome to session 48 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. You know me, you love me, I am your host and beta testing beast, Alex Arona. With me this week, fresh off his award campaign bit attempts, Joel DeWitt. Sorry about that SAG awards, Joel. Look, one of these days I'll realize my Twitch streams are as good as content made by the Hollywood elite. But, you know, streaming should continue and... Hey man, you don't have to tell me. I've seen plenty of good streamers and Kelly swears just as much as those actors. At least in Nero. Also joining us this week, a man who doesn't show his face while streaming, Eric Getty Gettinger. You know, I... I just don't need the internet falling in love with me. I'm trying to save every money from the heartbreak of it. Heartbreak and mediocrity. Hey. hey oh. Well. Mm. Well, I'm pretty sure he was calling me mediocrity. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, well, probably both of us. I know Alex. Yep. You all par- pale in comparison to me. <laughs> well, let's throw down an early adapters, talk about the state of 2020 video games in the news, and then report on our Christmas gift exchange in the backlog blog. And answer some listener emails at last minute thing that came out kind of crazy so we'll see how it goes but first early adopters alphas betas and stress tests designed to destroy the internet first up everyone's been talking about it. it's all in the news we stress test temtem temtem you gotta temtem them all yeah so let's let's do this format joel ask us anything yeah ask me what a temtem is yep what is temtem daddy it is pokemon it is Pokemon MMO RPG Pokemon. It's, po- it's Pokemon in MMM fo- MMO form. Yep, it's back. MM MMO Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That was yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> it comes with a cool anime intro, just like a cartoon. But that song is not nearly as catchy as the Pokemon was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It tried. That's the one. That's the one experience I doubt I was watching that, and like the animation was really good. <laughs> the song, the song was literally just like we're doing this now, and we're catching the Tem, and we're going to record it in our notebook. <laughs> there wasn't like a hook, and I kept trying to like I want to sing along with this, but I there was no hook for me to like latch onto to say you know it's like Pokemon. Pokemon, you know, that whole thing. And I was waiting for that Temtem part, and it never got there. Never got there. Nope. Now, the game, when we played, was on fire. But yes, literally as, fire. But that was the point of a stress test. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've done some stress tests before, and it was not as as rough as this one. Holy yeah. cow. What, what were the MMOs that you played, or no? No, it was... Mostly just the fighting games that Alex keeps making me play. <laughs> I don't know. I, di- I beta tested, stress tested that Final Fantasy fourteen, and that was definitely on fire. Really? All right. Mm-hmm. But that was the original before they rebooted it. Now, let's just get, focus on Temtem. It is, it, it is essentially Pokemon from the beginning to end. You start up. Your mom wakes you up. You got to go get your first Temtem. And then you go to a professor's house, and then he gives you three. He gives you three options. A fire little lion, a little dinosaur dinosaur that's crystal, and what was the third one? Do you remember? This is a psychic ghost thing. Yeah. It looked like a cloud, but like a pink cloud or something. Yeah. So with that, you pick up your first Temtem, you go outside in the door, and of course your rival's there who instantly beats you to a pulp. No, no. And, okay. And, yeah. Let's let me let me talk about this rival. Like, there's some things that I think that not fundamentally wrong with the game, but are very concerning. 
uh, your rival <laughs> is the biggest dick ever. Like, yeah. even more of a dick than any of the ones you've seen in the Pokemon games. Like this, How so? He's just, like, all up in your face the whole time that I was playing. Like, just rubbing it in. And then, of course, you purposely, like, the game makes you lose that first battle. And then yeah. after you lose, the professor comes up and he's like, Hey, bro, sorry about that. Like, you didn't stand a chance at all. Here's a free Temtem. And, and give you a cool wait, two wait, wait. Can, no, can. I'm not done. He, he, so, he gives you a pity Temtem. Yeah, he yeah, gives you a pity, like a toucan with a rainbow nose. It looks like Toucan Sam. But your rival's then like, oh, what? This dick gets a Temtem and I don't? Like, yeah, feel bad for me, okay? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> and the professor? And as soon as, as, soon as, that's, as, soon as that's over? Oh, the professor? Why yeah, is he okay. running everywhere with kids? Yeah. He just takes kids and he's like, oh, we gotta go. Yeah, like, hey, hey, kid, come here. And then you just book it. Don't don't trust him. I don't no. trust him at all. No, not at all. And then as soon as you that combat's over and your rival complains, the professor takes the rival and they're off and they say, meet us in the next town. And then every single person spawns in. Hmm. I didn't make it to the next town. I barely I made it past that. The second Before it crashed on you or what? Oh, it. we were having... It would freeze every five minutes. Lucky if you could zone, and uh, yeah, you had to stop reboot from crashing. Every time. Yeah, hmm. but that was but that was a stress was, test, man. No, the the second one, the second one was much more functional. I was able to get through that entire part and then go out into the field where they had trainers, and it seems like the format is a two v two situation. Okay. And I, I like I always prefer one on ones, but it's all the trainers I ran into were doing two by two v twos. And it was just like a Pokemon that you catch their line of sight, and they're like, hey, we should battle. Okay. And they throw out their, their Temtems, and then you have your Temtems, and they fight. Uh, and then they had the tall grass, which if you're running around, you'll get random Temtems attack you. And that was also weird because that was also sometimes 1v2 or 2v2. Sometimes there were just two Temtems like ready to go. Random ones. I, I remember when Pokemon did something like that where you could come across like a whole herd of Pokemon mm. and you'd have to knock the other ones out before you could try and capture just one of them. Okay. Now, the one thing, the reason I can, I played the second stress test is because I wanted to do the one thing that you said you wanted, which was I had to see. To catch the, them all? I had to catch at least one. <laughs> okay. I caught two, two Temtems, so I had a total of four, but it was, you throw a card because their Temtems are. To stop digital? me from heard this, digital monsters. Ooh, I don't know if you can mix it, Pokemon yep. and Digimon. But they do. They do. They live in cards. They're Poke digital Digimon? monsters. Yep. So you th- once uh, you've weakened a Temtem, he throws a card. It spins around the Temtem really fast, and then the Temtem gets sucked into the card digitally. I feel like we could make a Yu-Gi-Oh joke mm-hmm. here too. Mm-hmm. The power's in the cards. Yeah. The heart of the cards. I mean, do, do you have a weird watch thing that just hangs off the side of your arm that you have to place cards down on? Uh, I didn't get very far. No, no, you don't. You don't. <laughs> I I I know very little about Yu-Gi-Oh, but the one thing I've seen is like they've got these. They look like basically like uh, almost like skateboards hanging that, from their arms. Almost. Now, if I remember correctly, they introduced those in the anime because they wanted people to be able to see like the battle. Instead of having mm-hmm. two people like sit at a table, so <laughs> those those things that they had on their arms had like digital projectors that were built in 
that you like throw at the beginning of the I don't know how I know so much about Yu-Gi-Oh. There, Let's just there, move there, on. Had, there, there had to be merchandise, right? Where like they were selling those things to kids. Yeah. No, but it um, didn't it didn't do cousin. anything, but it was just a plastic armband. Yeah. No, I had a, I had a cousin that the whole it was a giant skateboard that strapped to his wrists. I, he had it. He had the full yeah. thing. It's big. Just just running at you flailing. It's a heart of the cards. <laughs> was it uh blue blue eyes dragon? Go. Blue eyes white dragon. I Thank you know. very much. I, like I you, said, I don't know how I know so much about Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't. Even, I never even played right. Yu-Gi-Oh. I, I, I don't know. You can kind of absorb it just from yeah. <laughs> osmosis if you are online enough. You know, yeah. it was right at like the phase where I was just a little too old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'd that's agree what you that. say. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never watched Yu-Gi-Oh. That's too old for fun, huh? Okay. So back to Temtem. So I caught my I caught the two Temtems and I continued fighting trainers until I got to the next town where you run into your rival again. Oh, what a dick! Yeah, but I didn't really play too much. I didn't play much after that. It was actually relatively short, but it was cool to have the big open world and to see other people that were I think they were trading and fighting each other. So you do see all those avatars. I was just waiting to find like Skater Boy sixty nine or something like that. <laughs> And I know that I, because there's a lot of customization to be yeah. able to have these char- like these little cell shaded anime cartoon characters that uh, you can adjust and change and make it so that they're your own personal person, they're your own personal trainers. I know I made mine look like a mom, a stay at home or a mom that works whoa, hard, single whoa, mom. Whoa, 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 whoa. She had sweatpants. Let's let's take a, a step back here. Uh, two things. So mm-hmm. when I logged in to play with Alex. He could not figure out how to switch the gender of his character. They, um, well, that's not true because both <laughs> my characters still looked like my single mom, whether I made her a man or a woman. Uh, and your character is a teenager, so for him to say that it's a stay-at-home mom is real, she, she, real I, weird. That's that's a very narrow view to think a teenager couldn't be a stay-at-home mom, Demi. Yeah, well, I mean, no, she's, a, she's a single mom, you know. She's working hard to raise her kids. She got her hair in a ponytail, but still a little messy, wearing sweatpants and, and a hoodie because, you know, I think you're 12, Joel. It was a tough day. I think you're 12. You said you said teenager. You didn't specify. I, when you say teenager, I think like 16 and older. No. Yeah. You have to be this tall to ride. And they are not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm curious is about uh, how many Temtems are there? And I say that as I'm Googling it. All right. How many? And Oh, there are 12 types of Temtems. And uh, it doesn't say the full number, but... The reason why I'm kind of interested in Temtem is the idea that it's it's like the last Pokemon you'll ever need to a certain extent because they'll just constantly be updating. There's no blue or yellow. There's no heart gold and soul silver. It is just the game, and you have a one-stop shop where it's like, oh, DLC. You want to pay a little extra? You want to pay like a couple bucks for more Temtems? Hell yeah, I do. Do I have to do anything else? No, the game's still installed. But isn't that what Pokemon is doing now too? Mm- no. Mm-hmm. Yes, Explain. with with the DLC that they're releasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's DLC for this game. Wait until the next game. What? Th- this what is always the dissonant. About? Pokemon is releasing DLC for the Sword and Shield. Yes, that's to stop so they don't make Heart Soul, Heart Shield, Heart Sword. Or yeah, but that's the same idea with this. If they no, continue ex- to except release, for, except for they're not going to make, they're going to make another Pokemon game that you have to purchase for. Well, of course $60. they will. It's, yeah, at some point they will. Gonna, but to a certain extent, they're not going to make another Temtem. You don't think so? Mm, I what hope about not. the, that's kind the of commercial the whole point of this. success of Temtem? 
I think it's really fun to keep that we keep saying temtem. Yeah, 140 <laughs> temtems. A hundred. That's it. Yes. For right now. For right now, until they add an update where they give you 20 more temtems. See, this is what I'm talking about. Are they just going to give me them, or do I have to earn them? I don't know. Maybe it'll be an expansion pack. Look at World of Warcraft. That's what I'm thinking with Temtem. Is I'm thinking World of Warcraft. So I'm going to play it for 10 years and then stop and then come back two years after that? Yeah, you can do what I do. You can play constantly, raid with friends, grow lifelong friendships that eventually sizzle, and then leave you to where you almost fail out of college. And then start up a podcast with some of the people that you used to play World of Warcraft with? Yep. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) I mean, I didn't play that much with you guys because I was a little bit more advanced with you because I was raiding top DPS rogue on the server. Yeah, I was definitely a barnacle. <laughs> you, you got you got pick picks, picks or didn't happen. Oh no, I think I do. I I think I do. I think I would be kind of impressed if you could actually find pictures of that. I have pictures of us raiding Karazhan, but that was oh, we got way further than that. Okay, time time looks cool. I am interested. I'm going to wait till the servers are not on fire. They are a good team that are giving constant updates, and that's another thing that I like about them is that throughout this whole time of launching Temtem in early access, they have been giving lots and lots of updates. So before we move on here, question. Yeah. It's an MMO, right? Mm hmm. What about your experience makes it feel like an MMO is the right venue for this game? It's more the fact that Pokemon Hmm. has yet to find a good way to integrate multiplayer in a wider scale, as well as not found a great way to continue their Pokemon collection moving forward because of Temtem. I feel like you get kind of the fantasy of what you would want out of a Pokemon game, which would be good multiplayer that's easy to find somebody, meet them, and initiate a battle, initiate a trade, and update the game so that you can have consistent new content. That's a good answer. And $35 on Steam. Uh, I mean, you got to tell them all. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't see the justification for it being an MMO, but... Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I like Alex. I, think I, I, I also it's so that you have more people that you know are playing with you because you can see them on the map. Yeah, but when I think of MMOs, especially when you talk about World of Warcraft, you're talking about instances where you have to group up with a party of three plus people or raids where you have to get what was it like twelve plus people. What if you join my party? Raids? I invite you to my party, and then you get one tem at tem, and I get one tem tem, and then we do a two v two. But one of my temtems and one of your temtems. See, I don't, I don't see how that can be solved in a traditional Pokemon style of game, except for like matchmaking options. Except like, for the fact that it still hasn't happened. Well, that that's more a matter that's four of games. <laughs> that's that's a matter of game freak not doing enough to expand upon what Pokemon can be as a franchise. So like the 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 Pokemon MMO conceit that they're going for here, like I get it. In terms of, like, you looked at a screen and then there's 20 profile avatar people standing in an NPC's house that looks weird. But, <laughs> like, it, it reminds me more of, like, uh, gosh, what were those? There was some MMO, Alex, you showed me in sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. And I cannot remember it now. Ragnarok was it Ragnarok? Online? Yeah. Yeah, Ragnarok. But Ragnarok Online. But it was, it was basically just, like, a top-down 2D dungeon crawler. Except, since it was MMO, like dozens of people's avatars would be there except that there wasn't really much you would do to interact with people to justify it calling it an mmo right and, and so i just th- i guess that's the thing i'm hung up on when it comes to that and the other thing too is that 
I feel like this fits one portion of the Pokemon fan base's needs, mm-hmm. which is like the the dot attach them all mindset, the Alex Ramos mindset of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's been a long time since I played one of these. Since I played one of these, but uh, when I played some of these. That was part of it, but also part of it was rising through the ranks, getting the badges from the gym leaders, leveling up your team, and then getting taking on the Elite Four and beating them, right? And the accomplishment of finishing the story arc, too. And the format of an MMO doesn't lend well to a conclusive story, and so it's like that portion of it isn't all that appealing to me personally, but... well. MMOs now, you, again, it's been a while since you've played WoW, but they've added a lot to create a definitive story that continues and has an end, and then the ending becomes grinding out, getting more gear, making it more, making it easier, doing PvP, all of that stuff. So Temtem can continue to have a story, get the gym badges, do this whole thing, and then introduce online raids, introduce combat leagues, tournaments. Are they going to? Are you just spitballing? I'm spitballing why Temtem's a good idea. Okay. Because I think I think that like with these with all of this going forward, there's a lot you can do without pulling like like doing uh, you can you can you can feed drip feed constant updates to make these changes and react to what people want live. That's all. I just one more question. Mm-hmm. This is touted as an MMO. Is there a subscription fee to play this? Currently no. No. But it is okay. only in early access. So their, their plans could change. Sure. Okay. Yep. And that was Temtem. Another beta test we've been playing is Scourgebringer. Who's been playing? Me and you, not Joel. Oh. Yeah, I guess nope. so. Joel's been hanging out and playing Rocket League. What? <laughs> and and Smash Brothers. There we go. Where's the content? Hey, content. he's actually been streaming quite a bit of Rocket League. So there's and, content. And some getting over with Bennett Foddy. Which is a whole other thing. But Let's talk about yeah. that later. All right. The first Scourgebringer, a 2D pixel art action platformer with sword combat, laser, and you also have a laser gun. And the map is laid out almost like Binding of Isaac, but it's platforming. So if we go one map over, one map up, one map down, you the whole thing moves. So the map is made of different squares leading out to a bigger map. But you go from room to room, killing enemies. What's cool is that you have a lot of movement options from a dash to a laser pistol to a parry to a sword swing and double jump that will lead to combos of how many people you're killing at a time. Plus, as soon as you start combat, some real badass metal music starts kicking in. Kind of like Doom. Getty, give me some of your early impressions on Scourgebringer. I really liked how fluid the combat was. Uh, Being able to stun lock enemies... So, like Alex was saying, you can switch your kind of attacks on the fly, and if you group up your enemies and do, like, a stun, then you can jump in between them and try and kill them. But, you, did you say it was rogue-like? I didn't say it was rogue anything, and, I would, and I've would and i switched to start to say rogue-ish. Rogue-ish? Because I, <laughs> I already discussed with Alex that I'm always forgetting <laughs> which one is the right term. Alright, so, uh, rogue-ish. Yeah, so, you die... You get sent to this like weird little plane of existence. Uh, did you figure out how to feed the guy that's there? I, I did not know. Because he is always talking about cucumbers and pizza. And if you go to the in-game like store that you find in one of the map squares, you can buy cucumbers. Oh, okay. 
but I don't know how to get him a cucumber. You got to bring it back to him. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I particularly liked having my hands on this is that as you go from room to room, you can get the enemies to drop certain items, like uh, additional health for your character. So in the long run, you could you could potentially only have like five hearts or five pieces of life and then mm. kill enough guys so that, you know, you get up to seven. Uh, but I had such a hard time finding health besides finding just the extra like heart containers, I guess. Yeah. And they don't carry over into the next life. There's hmm. a lot. There's kind of a lot going on with this game that it felt like a lot of different games mashed into one. So we've played a similar game. I can't remember what it was called, where you would eat the enemies. And it was like a roguish style game where you would get like protein and different stuff and you would level up your character that way. Bite the bite the bullet? Bite the bullet. Okay, bite the bullet. Isn't now, that it? Yeah. That one didn't really connect with me, but Scourgebringer, the way the combat and combo system works, I, I instant I instinctively and I and, I've, and I actually filmed a clip and I sent it to you guys. So you get, so I was like, man, you guys got to play this because I just I felt I felt the need to like I got to start hitting combos. I got to start not touching the ground. I got to bounce, double jump, dash, stun, laser beam, dash, double jump, and I find I was I was getting high combos, killing everybody without touching the ground, and the the metal music just kept riffing. That guitar kept going, and I was pumped and i was like okay gotta go to the next room gotta go next room combo kept going combo kept going next room and that's why i like this game is because it just it i didn't it didn't have to tell me what to do i just was like oh snap i gotta go this is awesome but that was my impression with scourgebringer it just it made me so badly want to just keep going and try to explore and then keep that combo going keep that metal music going it's still missing a lot of content yeah it's still very early on for sure but uh, I would like to see some new maps, some new levels, some new background designs. Yeah, everything feels not the same, but there isn't too much diversity in what you get right now. Uh, I know that a lot of the levels, <laughs> a lot of the map scores felt recycled. Like I could go to one and then three over from it, it would be the same map square. But that's where I think you get your procedurally generated content where they just kind of oh here are the different types of map squares and it'll just be procedurally generated it just that's needs why more I'm, of them yeah and that's kind of why i'm saying is that i would like to see some different variations on those give me like a little bit of a desert give me a dungeon give me some some jungle something else just give me a little something some alterations that yeah. pixel art's real pretty though that that's for real mm. so that was Scourgebringer. what do you guys think first expansion for temtem temtem yellow Temerold. <laughs> Either way, we gotta tem them all. After the break. And we're back. Back with the news. Not all the news. Just the news that we do push ups to impress. But really, she's more impressed with the size of our game collection. <laughs> God damn it. Who? Who is impressed by that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, is, who is she? <laughs> news. News is a fine lady trying to seduce. What's up, news? <laughs> Penny shakes in the back. Great. I, I, I'm more okay than, with this than some of your other attempts. <laughs> there we go. See, we're just going to keep trying to seduce the news. That's what we're going to do now. <laughs> so, 
Who's hyped for Cyberpunk? Yeah. Delayed. Cyberpunked is more like it. <laughs> Who likes Dying Light? You do, don't you? Yeah. I do. I was excited for the sequel. It has also been delayed. What? Mm-hmm. That's got to be it. There can't be any more games delayed. Watch Dogs 3, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Avengers, Skull and Bones, Rainbow Six Quarantine. And I know you were hyped on that Iron Man VR. No. Yeah, you were. I don't have VR. <laughs> Why get hyped on VR? <laughs> well, they've all been delayed. Damn. I don't know. So, so who here is disappointed about some of these? Watch Dogs. Watch what was it delayed to? What? What was it delayed to? I don't know if they gave it an official date yet. Oh, okay. But that one I was looking forward to, and and now I'm a little bummed. Uh, it uh, let's see here. It will instead be released sometime during the company's 2020-21 fiscal year, which begins on April. So anytime after April. It could come out. Mm-hmm. But they haven't given an official date. Hmm. I don't know. It's it's hard to be uh, upset about any of it. I'd rather have a complete game than something that is just rushed and trash. So get get your shit together. Make sure you put out a good product, and I'll be happy. Yeah, we're talking to you, Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> get that game together. seems like they're trying to do way too much with it. Yeah, it doesn't. doesn't it's seem not like it even knows what it wants. It's not even out, and they were already talking about like DLC characters that they're gonna give you. Like, it's well, real the, confusing. The thing that gets to me too is that uh, I may, maybe it's just as I haven't been following it too closely, but have they even showed much of the in-game like gameplay yet for that? They've showed characters like moving around, but not like any of the objectives or stuff that you're gonna. Well, Again, I haven't either been searching. No, they they have shown the first intro mission, yeah, tu- like tutorial like, yeah. And, and what is what is the uh, what was the original release date of that? <sighs> Hell, if Continue. I know, I'm looking into it now. Continue. But but like the fact that they were even talking about releasing that this year, and they've been so cagey about showing anything. Just even like without the bad impressions from the press, it it, it sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> so yeah. I don't I don't know what they were doing other than sending it out to die if they released it being that you know concerned about getting bad impressions. And, and also like it's kind of wild to me that uh, they would continue on this path if it wasn't sterling given the kind of position that Disney usually takes with their properties, right? Yeah. So yeah. But I don't know, when Disney bought Star Wars, they kind of said, okay, we got to make a good game. And they made Battlefield, or Battle, not Battlefield. Did did they? Did they no, make that? Battlefront. Battlefront. They made Battlefront 2, and that was awful. Also, it, it was, push, the Avengers was pushed back from May from from May to September. Okay. But yeah, no, mm. they, yeah, they made Battlefield 2. Battlefront. Battlefront. Damn it. Ba- Battlefront. Battlefront. Uh, but but uh, I don't know. Everything I heard about Battlefront was that the game itself was fine. Maybe like unremarkable, but fine. It was the microtransactions. It was, it was the were, loot box hubbub yeah. that sort of lit everybody's pants on fire. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I'm not sure how much of the gameplay quality was lost in all that mired discussion and like <laughs> getting the attention of governments around the world to pay attention to loot boxes and like that that's a that's a feat in and of itself but beyond that it's just and that's probably all the more reason why they've shrunk up after that anyway like 
Think about how uh, Marvel bundled uh, Marvel versus Capcom with uh, yeah Infinite. Yeah, that was you know. that was just very very nice. Yeah, that's true. And also, from what I'm told, Battlefront Two is actually having a, a renaissance now, where the player base has expanded pretty heavily. Considering that they're still updating it with that new Star Wars content from that new movie. Mm-hmm. So, from my understanding, people are really liking it at this moment so it's become kind of a big hit especially for like streamers and multiplayer players Hmm. next piece of news half-life series is free to play on steam until half-life alex's release in april so i think it's april but all right people can get caught up on half-life who hasn't played it either of you guys i have not i have not i've i played half-life 2 for maybe two hours like a decade ago (laughs) and it was Anything? It was fun, but it, I dropped off it. Like it, it just didn't capture my interest long enough to just, keep me going. Just try and make it through Half Life Two. I think that'll that'll be good enough. Just try. I think I think that once I finish Super Metroid, I'm going to start trying to go through Half Life One. Hmm. Do do Half Life Two. I, I I don't think Half Life One aged that no, well. No, that's that's why I keep saying to just play Half Life Two. <laughs> but I won't know what happened in one. Uh, you'll be fine. Isn't there a, a you fan-made mod? Uh, Sadly, that one's unfinished. I know. I've, Black, I've Black Mesa? Yeah, it's not finished. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, Half, Half-Life Alex comes out in March. Smart. But, yep. Steam will have all the Half-Life games free. Not free to keep, mind you. Free to play until April. Well, I mean, if you don't finish them by then, you can just get them for a buck a piece on the next Steam sale. They are relatively cheap, so... They are dirt cheap when they're on sale. It's not relative. (laughs) So, Google is giving free $130 Stadia gaming kits to the new Verizon Fios subscribers. They need more people playing this game. (laughs) Man, just reaping in the benefits from being a founder, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys. How does it feel to be a founder all this time later? I have not turned mine on since. I mean, uh... (laughs) My my Chromecast is providing a nice source of heat in my living room, so that's kind of nice. Oh, that's right. You guys said that they heat up so so much. Oh man, mine's not. It, it, it's, it's only it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like this thing, this tiny little thing's generating such heat because you you don't even think about it most of the time. But like I'll, I'll go and plug something into my TV, and it's just like, ooh, that's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the way did uh, you get did you get Thumper and Rise of the Tomb Raider? Uh, did I? You gotta go to your, I don't know. You gotta go to your app. Make sure you get it. Oh man, get it quick! And the mm. app is the only way to buy games. Doesn't make sense. Let's see. Oh, I, I, I must have collected it. Okay, good. Okay. Because all I, right, I don't know if we're gonna get new ones. We might get new ones soon. We might. This is stupid. This is stupid. Okay. <laughs> do Do you get to keep those games, or do they get revoked once you lose your pro membership? I under the impression that you keep them. Hmm, okay. But you can only play them if you renew your membership. No. <laughs> I, this is all a real hazy thing. I, I don't think I, I'm, I'm real curious if they're going to PlayStation Plus us with these and, and revoke them until you renew your subscription. Can I just plug my Stadia controller into my computer and use it as like a regular... Like, will it work with other games? No. <gasps> I don't know. Are you sure about that? I, I, I literally do not know. I, <laughs> I've just funnier been... that we're all like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's almost as if Doodle should have been more clear about what you can and cannot do with the Stadia service. Yeah. I don't know. I think they were very clear. 
<laughs> Sign up not. at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> so here's some news that is a rumor. We found PS5 home menu screens of the UI. But also, I just want to say there was a lot. There was more than just the UI that dropped. Pricing information, backward compatibility information, the catchphrase. I just wanted to reference all that stuff. But they, uh, the UI looks very similar to the PS4. The backwards compatibility is looking like it is all the way back to PS1, excluding the Vita, because of that back touch screen would probably be difficult. And the PS5 catchphrase, it's time to play. It's time to play. Power Real your dreams. vibes there. Yep, versus power your dreams. Now, power, power our podcast. P- power, yeah. Hashtag ad. P- play our podcast. Yeah. What, do you think this, which one's better, you think? Time to play or power your dreams? I think it's time to play was better when it was we would like to play some eight or ten years ago. Was that a catchphrase for them? Uh, no, that was Wii's mm. uh, tagline for their commercial campaigns. That one seems too wordy. Do you, but like, do you remember those commercials at all, though? No. Because they were they were prevalent everywhere. Just anywhere you go, they would have a commercial, and they'd always be like two Japanese guys showing up at the door of a family with a Wii remote in hand and be like, we would like to play. And then it would show all of them around a family's table or <laughs> playing Wii God, games. I forgot I, about those. <laughs> I do remember now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Creepy as hell. Like, please, yeah, weird. <laughs> please don't come in my house. <laughs> Creepy. It was nothing like those PS3 commercials with like the, oh, the God, no, don't know. Toy story, baby head no. thing. Going on. I don't need that. I don't need that. That's a, that's a, that's a dark memory you have evoked. <laughs> Getty, do you remember those? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't have any preference either way. I'm still trying to figure out how to power my dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, do I plug USB. myself in? It's it's USB. So, like, if I sleep with a USB under my arm, that, mm-hmm. that powers my dreams? Or in your nose. I, you know, I feel like it might be... But the thing is, is that if you do if you use USB-C, it goes faster. I, and you, I feel and like it doesn't matter power you your dreams in. is kind of yeah. like, a, like a Mountain Dew slogan. For some reason, it just like makes me yeah, think that not, you want to like jack up your dreams with energy. It, it's not extreme enough to be a, a Mountain Dew thing. You, you gotta think more on the scale of like X Games with uh, Mountain. Well, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Mountain Mountain Dew is more like uh, gamer fuel level <laughs> anymore. I think Mountain Dew is more. It's time to play. You think so? Mm. So what? Pa- Bang. Power your dreams is power Bang your dreams is, is like your dreams. a. Power Your Dreams is like an Excel spreadsheet, like model that will come out. Or it's it's no, yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a business slogan. It's yeah. like it's like uh, we create websites for entrepreneurs that don't have the technical know-how to create their own. Power Your Dreams. Hold on, here we go. Here we go. I'm just picking one out of Google right now. Uh, here we go. Sterling Accounting and Associates. Power Your Dreams. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound yeah, bad at all. That works. That exactly. works. That that flies. It's weirder if you go Sterling Accounting and Associates. It's time to play. <laughs> nope. That just sounds like they're not very good at their job. Yeah, no. So that's what I'm saying is that, yeah, you could definitely, it's time to play. At least you kind of get where you're going. Power your dreams. Sees them comfortable. And, of course, USB-C in your nose. <laughs> Next piece of news, Mortal Kombat Collection for Switch, rated by Peggy18, ESRB equivalent for the EU. I think that's what they're for, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I always like that guy's voice, though. Peggy, Peggy 18. 18. 
See, that's good. You did it better than me. That was good. All right, so Mortal Kombat Collection. That's a weird thing for the Switch. I don't know. I mean, Street Fighter had their collection on there. Okay. Switch has quickly become like a dumping ground for old ports and retro revivals. We got Doom. Mm -hmm. And uh, other than that, I just think... uh, makes total sense if they can port it and it plays decently like the like any other fighter my worry would be trying to use the switch joy-con yeah. to try to input controls for a 2d fighter and uh what if they put a bonus mode where you have to use we uh you have to do the joy-con motion like they did with street fighter <laughs> you know what sure yeah go with I'm that i'm fine with that okay yes default controls okay next on the news untitled goose game could get a lego set Getty, you brought this to us. Oh, I'm so pumped about that. <laughs> I, would, I think that's a that's a weird pull. I don't know. I feel like I would pay it fifteen to twenty dollars just for that goose Lego piece, so he could be terrorizing all of my other Legos. Hmm. Have they ever made Legos with uh, voice boxes in them? <laughs> oh, it honked. No, I, I kind of feel like that that's an important piece that would need to be included somewhere. That's pretty good. I think we can make it. We can build it. Very easily. Next piece of news, last piece of news, long news. Psyonix announces they'll no longer support Linux or iOS versions of Rocket League. But I didn't I didn't know Rocket League was on iOS. Oh wait, oh you mean Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Making the next patch to last and closing off online modes. Burn. Ooh. Burn. So like we're talking about not just being able to collect new cosmetics and stuff because they have ongoing seasonal events kind of like uh your overwatches and stuff but also cutting off matchmaking (laughs) which is which is like the lifeblood of rocket league and this feels double dirty given that they were bought out by epic not too long ago yeah like like they they've got the fortnite money they they've got the ninja money i i don't (laughs) I don't see why, other than just craven business focus, which I did it. They're a business. Mm-hmm. It's a business's job to make money, but also, like, pretty shitty thing to close off people who bought your game <laughs> like that. I mean, Rocket League isn't that old. It's, what, three years old now? Yeah. I mean, that that's new enough to where it's a little bit craven to me that you would uh, just bone people like that. Rocket League is actually four going on five years i was gonna say jesus it's a little bit older than that (laughs) all right fair enough but still like there's there's so many games that continue support on and on and on i I just the the logic was something like oh as we are improving our technology and with uh you know the improvements we want to make it, it no longer is feasible for us to support these different versions and like I guess from a bare bones, like we're not planning on keeping X amount of people employed and we want to focus on the wider audiences we have, I kind of get it, but it, it, it sucks. And it also makes you think like eventually, I'm guessing Rocket League will make its way to PlayStation 5 and uh, Xbox Series X. You know, once they start making changes to more fit those newer consoles and more higher end PCs, are they going to date off people from PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and uh, the like? You know it. Who knows? You know, but they're just I don't, limiting everyone's access and saying, "Well, okay, we're not supporting those anymore." Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool, Cyanips. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're not helping. <laughs> no, you're not helping. No, I, I wasn't planning on helping. <laughs> well, let's take a break to think about the implications of these delays and cutting off previous versions in our game of the year 2020. Also, the crunch time we will have in December. I really worked you guys hard last, t- last time. Let's take a break. And we're back. Back with the Backlog Blog. Where we talk about games our friends bought us as a joke for Christmas. On our Christmas episode... <laughs> Previously on Super GG Radio, we did a white elephant gift where we each bought each other something blind and sent it to each other via Steam, timed out so we could open it live on episode. We did so, and have since played through them, Getty aside, because Getty had a longer game. The the spirit of it was that you were supposed to be able to beat it within three to four hours, Joel. (laughs) Joel. (laughs) I played 8-Bit Hero. What if Dark Souls were 8-bit side-scrolling? But just as difficult. Getty, I feel like you were being mean to me on this one. I don't think I was being mean to you. That game uh, was, I think he was just playing to your interests. That game is really hard. It is really hard. Okay. But you, you beat have, it, yeah? Yes, 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 I did. It, do you three feel hours. Like, you feel like you accomplished something? I do. I do. And to be fair, <laughs> I find that this game less difficult than Super Metroid. Metroid. <laughs> wow. I'm currently I'm currently ready to be done with Super Metroid and like say I'm I'm not gonna play this anymore. But 8-bit hero, shorter and bite-sized. You had side scrolling, platforming levels with combat that was very similar to Dark Souls. You're you're a chibi pixel art character, 8-bit, because you're an 8-bit hero, who has been the he has been ousted from his country, and the person who ousted him killed the king and took over, and your job is to go through each level four to seven levels of killing these enemies until you get to a boss you defeat the boss and then you go to the next one uh four worlds total the the thing is you have a sword slash you have a dodge roll which gives you invincibility frames a potion that only has two hits originally you can upgrade it a magic fire spell that throws a fireball and then a jump and then eventually a double jump and people when they hit you doesn't matter the enemy most enemies take off quarter of your health so that was a bit hero very difficult the bosses had giant life pools and they every hit that every time they hit you roughly took over two-thirds of your life i mean you sent us some of the gameplay or at least you sent it to me and it it seemed like the battles didn't take that long at least the one boss fight that you shared it seemed like each attempt was 45 seconds maybe a minute that's because i was dying very quickly (laughs) I don't know. You did pretty well. Yeah. No. I the game lets it has a good replay. It has a fast, snappy replay. Mm-hmm. So you die. It says you're dead. And you hit restart. You're ready to go again. But it just it very much was like I had to learn the pattern. I couldn't brute force it. And of course, the first thing I want to do is brute force it, and I would just die instantly. I would get one hit maybe before it just decimated me. But once I started learning the patterns, taking a step back, figuring out where they're moving, what they're moving, what their tails are. It very much was, okay, dodge here, jump here, fireball here. Dodge here, jump here, fireball here. So, I liked 8-Bit Hero. It was good, three-hour game, fun and entertaining with a nice twist on the Dark Dark Souls theme. Being it two to three hours, it didn't overstay its welcome. Joel? So I was given Hacknet, 
Hacked.net or Hacknet? People call it Hacknet, Mm -hmm. but Hacked.net, yeah. Okay, all right. Which is like uh, Baby's First Striptity Simulator. Anytime that you've seen depictions of hackers on movies where they're just <laughs> click clacking on the keyboard like crazy and they're like, oh, done, I got into the FBI server or something like that. Uh, <laughs> that's sort of the that's sort of the feel and jive it's going for. It's this kind of like uh, the, the, the menus and the actual gameplay looks like a computer prompt screen uh, operating off of like... Uh, Gosh, it, it had a lot of callbacks in my brain of like when I was a kid working on my parents' Amiga computer prior to the days of Windows where you would have to put in a disk to run a program. Otherwise, you would just be putting commands into a DOS screen of some type. And it, so it was hitting a lot of those nostalgia buttons really good. But the game itself is basically a game under the guise of going into other people's computer servers, hacking into them, withdrawing information you want from them, uh, and taking these directives from an email system that uh, this person is communicating with you back and forth on, on what they need you to do. And it really scratched the same itch for me that, or scratched the same itch is probably the wrong description. <laughs> it, it, was a, it was a call back to a time to like, when I was in college, I took a C++ course, and I failed out of it hard. <laughs> it, it was the only course I ever failed, but I failed out of it hard because uh, I had problems with typos, uh, having the wrong syntax in yep. my code, uh, not closing the loop yep. on the code, and I ran into a lot of the same problems with this. <laughs> that, like, the... the to the game's credit, it, it dumbs down the process of what it's trying to teach you to a very bare bones level and slowly tries to build you up over time to where a better person than me would get acclimated to it, uh, get more smooth about typing out your commands and getting more into a routine. Uh, just like if you were getting used to doing data entry in a spreadsheet for something like you did quick enough to where you'd be flying through it and feel really efficient and you uh, you, you are using firewall port sniffer like it's like run firewall port sniffer and then it gives like a loading bar of it moving across the screen like it's oh it's opening the ports and then it's like okay now use this other programs is use run program and then you see another loading bar going across the screen right and then there's even like a, a, a ram uh icon that tells you how much ram you're your computer has left to operate and so like you can have on to the left menu icons that will show you the different commands if you forgot some of them but if you have it open it takes up some of your ram so if you're trying to also uh infiltrate one of these ports and it says it needs a certain amount of space it'll keep on blocking you until you close some of these menu icons to free up extra ram on your <laughs> drive and it's like you have to manage these little things that I would get stuck on and hit my head against the wall and be like, what the hell is wrong with it? And then it was like, oh, I actually need to read the error message. <laughs> and it says right there what I need to do. And so I was like, okay, close out that menu. Now try, okay, it worked as it was supposed to. So, now, Joel, do, uh, you wanna, do you wanna talk about the, the, the twist? No. Can I, no, can I say no? <laughs> That's fine, yeah. The game, at what point one of the enemies finds out, a uh, villain finds out what you're doing 
and all of a sudden it shuts down your computer, which shuts down the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have to reboot, and then you're in DOS prompt because he deleted your OS, and you have to go through the menus using the commands to reinstall your OS so that you can continue the game. Right. Yeah. So it's you know it, it's an interesting premise, uh, pretty good storytelling throughout, and I, I would say if you have patience for it and are interested in learning how to work the game itself then there's a lot to enjoy here uh i where i disagree with you alex is that i I found the music kind of grating over (laughs) over time yeti as soon as as soon as it becomes one of those things where it's like you only have 10 seconds to break this firewall all of a sudden techno starts playing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like really intense techno and i'm like oh my god i feel so cool i'm hacking this thing and then joe's like no dude it got really great <laughs> so it had a good it had good music cues but i can understand that that got repetitive all of a sudden it was like tech like just not dubstep but like very 90s techno uh, oh yeah exactly it's it's like it's like if somebody was parroting uh the matrix music but not as good <laughs> Throw a little bit of that in the background of that of that part, if you can, when editing this stuff. <laughs> All right. Because <laughs> that soundtrack is very... Is, I like that soundtrack. Now, Getty, what did you play? I I got the, the long straw and the long game. <laughs> I got Pyre, and the game is really engaging. It's got a really deep story to tell of trying to, you know, escape from this wasteland... Uh, and the way that you do so is by completing all of these these challenges, which are a sports a sports ball game. And uh, while playing it, I I couldn't help but think like, what if Blitzball were fun? And that's kind of where this <laughs> game goes. Mm-hmm. Because Blitzball was like god awful, but you you had skills that your characters could develop, and you got to pick your teammates. And mm-hmm. by you know doing this, uh, you actually get to know the characters more and by using them more they unlock these skills and there's a lot of lore in this game too it kind of rewards you with more and more story beats as you progress uh because you start out with just three characters but quickly they just start piling more and more people on you and uh, you know i i don't like to lose to the computer so I have to really like sit there and think about how I want to approach each one of the matches that I go into. And sometimes the game like throws a hurdle at you and it's like, hey, this one character that you have, <laughs> this like dog man named Rookie, it's like, nah, he doesn't want to play this time. Like, oh, but I love using him. So then you have to like, all right, well, it, it, there's some limitations. Uh, there's only a couple, at least as far as I've gotten, a couple of different character types that participate in the arena but i really like it i definitely need to finish it it's just i only find myself having enough time now and again to play through maybe one of the the battles the the matches and then trying to make it through part of a story beat because you progress through the map and you need to you know pick which route you want to take and it really opens it up for replayability there i'd want to say thanks to joel for getting me the game but also that i hate him because <laughs> i know i'm going to be like plucking away at this one for a while mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun i really enjoy the characters and in a way it 
reminds me of the older Fire Emblem games because it makes you take this uh, perspective of you are a, like the coach for the team, overlooking and, and seeing what they do, like how you used to be like the tactician overseeing right. the combat for those. It hits a lot of really nice points with me. I'm looking forward and, and to making fun. it through. And it's funny, when I played that, when I started playing it the first time, I found the the non-sports version parts of it kind of dull, and I was trying to just drag it along to get to the next matchup. Mm-hmm. But as I played Launder for it, I grew to really love the little interactions they had and uh, dialogue between the characters, because they really breathe out and bring to life those characters through the dialogue and the events that happen in a way that I really didn't expect. And it was, it's a really impressive game. And I just, I, I'm glad that you liked it. And I would love to see anybody else play it. Just because it, my impression is that Pyre is one of the Super Giants games that maybe wasn't as bit of a darling as Bastion or Transistor. But it, it's by far one of my favorite games of the year. I played it. The Pyre is one that I fell off after Transistor. I just played Transistor last year, and I played Bastion a long time ago. So I can't really say what, what I feel about Pyre, but it's something that I've been looking forward to, and I've heard nothing but good things. Though I do also understand that, I, that it, was, it, became, it came out, people were excited, people said it was good, and then it just kind of disappeared. Well, I also think it has the curse of being a different thing from what uh, those two other games were. Yeah. So and, if and people were expecting that, that tradition, though, with like Hades, Hades being something completely different as well. Yeah. I declare this a success. I think we have a new new Super GG Radio tradition, and I'm already looking for next year's games and mm. ideas. I'm worried about that. Nah, <laughs> man. I'm still waiting for you guys to get through your bonuses because I want to hear about the bonuses. Oh my god. <laughs> Getty Super Hot's like three hours long and it is the most innovative shooter in years okay okay let's true take statement yep that's true statement okay let's take a break and then we will have listener questions from twitter break and here for our new segment it's not going to be a real it's not going to happen too often but our new segment listener questions from twitter twitter you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy wow star wars reference you don't even like those movies i'm impressed the first six are fine shut up (laughs) (laughs) now we have a couple of them from multiple people uh specifically podcast friends just to remember some of these podcast friends i have uh multiple people using their twitter handles so if there's multiple uh of them it's probably somebody else asking that question first one at fix podcast asks flour tortillas or corn oh right, you guys want to do one two three go sure same time one two three flour but corn both <laughs> okay it, it depends it depends no nope. if you're talking about a straight like uh taco corn tortilla all the way uh, no, it's too no dry. question. Corn, but oh, you're you're getting bad corn tortillas then. Corn, if they're too dry. If you're making a quesadilla, corn, one hundred percent flour tortilla, because you you want the cheese to sort of meld together corn. with the corn. tortilla itself, and then have shut up, have a nice crispy <laughs> outer layer as you're you're frying it in the pan. If you're going hard shell, of course it's corn, but flour is soft and delicious. 
<laughs> Corn tortillas to be soft too. Yeah. What are you talking about? What the What's wrong with you? It's like, oh, I need a glass of water after eating one of those. Uh, okay. Joel, you're up. God. All right. Uh, at WTF, WT Famicom asks, why wasn't 2018 God of War titled God of Four? You know why. That's a great question. It's a really, it's a really good name. You want to know why? Because you weren't being paid to name it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. They missed out. They missed out. They're not as, they're not as clever as you. All right, Getty. At WF Famicom asks, are new da- new, god damn it, <laughs> new detalities real? I just want to note, I should not have Googled this at work. <laughs> new detalities. No, they are nudalities. They are not. Well, it depends on which game and what you're talking about. There's obviously the mods, and there's always the myths and rumors and whatnot, but there was a character in Killer Instinct that would uh, flash the character and their head would explode. But was there right. actual nudity? Well, she would f- flash them like her back was to the camera. Mm. Oh, my Lord. That's, yep. that's I, not nudity. I just did a doodle search, and uh, this has to be a Photoshop job. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like... They look real bad, it, right? It, 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 well, it's, it's Scorpion and uh, Sonya Blade, and it's definitely them uh, both standing up there with Sonya's wi- arms wide open with her top in her hand. Oh no, that no, yeah, you but, sent us that picture on Discord. I regret but, opening but that, this. But th- that it doesn't even look like she's topless. It looks like she's wearing like a drama bra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's weird. An old woman, it's an old lady bra basically underneath instead of actual nudity. Be happy you googled that at home. <laughs> I mean that that sounds like your fault. <laughs> Yeah, why would you? That was a sound decision. You do it I at Google work too much at work. Yeah, yeah that's too much at work. That's your problem. <laughs> tattoo assassins is that where it comes from? I th- maybe, maybe. Hmm. I, tattoo assassins is definitely something I've heard, I've played before. I'm also definitely seeing a picture of tattoo assassins where a woman's attack is pulling her pants down and farting plumes of green. That's at real. Somebody. Nice. Yeah, that's real. Okay. All right. You are the preeminent. Tattoo Assassin's expert. As far as you two are concerned. I, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yes, you are. At Damage Boost Pod asks, I think talking representation in games would be good. Uh, the two that he brought up to mind were Horizon Zero Dawn's creators having to fight to have a female lead, and how Gears of War gets labeled as a meathead game, but actually subverted how men and women's armor looks had been used. Other uh, Women's armor uh, and looks. So basically women weren't giant midriffs and cleavage machines well damage boost pod i think horizon zero dawn would have been a better game with a man and that gears of war is rightly about meatheads shooting aliens (laughs) oh joel there thank you you're canceled joel (laughs) there i said it you're canceled i mm, you guys played gears of war right Nope. No, no, <laughs> I played Horizon. <laughs> I played Jesus Horizon. <laughs> Horizon's a great game, and Aloy is a great character. She, yeah. she's uh, she's a strong character that has a distinct personality, and uh, you know is equally is on equal footing as any of the male characters in that game, and that makes her compelling and interesting, and has her work well with the kind of wild twists and turns the game takes. Uh, I'll take Brock's word that Gears of War has some nuance that doesn't show as well in the previews and the uh, advertising for it. But 
you know, that there's this has always been kind of a problem, right? I remember back when, uh, I mean, I didn't play Bioshock Infinite until last year, mm-hmm. but I remember that, like, there was a little bit of hubbub back then because they showed uh, Booker DeWitt on the cover without showing uh, what's her name Elizabeth on the Elizabeth on the cover too, and, and like they focused on the the male character because they f- were f- worried that if they showed her on the cover too, it wouldn't sell as well. Like so, it's and it's kind of and that's kind of yeah. the problem with that idea because if you played Bioshock Infinite, she is helping you and she. At certain points, is you, like you need her. She is helping you, and there you're, you're pinned down in a gunfight, and she tosses you more ammo. She is very strong and very helpful in that game. Too. Well, and even if, even if you're not talking about purely her agency and her, let's say, usefulness or uh, importance from a like gaming side of things, she she is pivotal to the core story. So it's like it's like a. And I feel like I'm referencing this a lot lately, but near Automata, you know, they've got the three androids on the box. It'd be like if they took out 2B from the <laughs> the box and just showed 9S, you know. Nines. Yeah. <laughs> nines, yeah. <laughs> you can call me nines. I won't do that. No, I'm good. <laughs> so uh, I took this a little bit of a different way, if only because I am Latino, uh, Puerto Rican, and Mexican. Wait, and I just what? wanted... Since when? <laughs> Oh, October. (laughs) A while now. A while now. Okay. So, so I just wanted to say that there aren't a whole lot of Latino representation in games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't you remember Dom from Gears of War? Is is he Latino? Oh. Gears of War. You should play Gears of War. (laughs) So, mostly we're villains, usually sinister in nature, but the ones I did want to call out. Rico from Just Cause, King from Tekken, uh, the the main character from Guacamelee, Manny from Grim Fandango, and Salvador from Borderlands 1 all made me proud. You don't get the claim tiders. It doesn't work that way. King from Tekken was a badass. He's a tiger. He's a human tiger. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he fought that tiger to get its head. He wears it proudly. <laughs> Didn't I say that earlier? Yes, you did. <laughs> Also, Guacamelee, that game... Underrated. Is, ...is just delightful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a fantastic game. Salvador's cool. He's a short guy. That He's the guy you were that punched stuff, Joel. Mm-hmm. And then Manny from Grim Fandango, he was cool. Wait, wasn't Salvador in the second Borderlands game? It was Brick in the first one, right? Oh, maybe I'm thinking that. Yeah, I'm thinking... Okay, so maybe I'm thinking Brick and then Salvador was in two. How do we have a games podcast and for some reason I know things... Because you're not as cool as me. Joel, you're up. Uh, okay. Uh, you could skip the next part. Uh, let's go to the... Retention. Yeah, we already... Sorry, sorry, Brock. We already talked Horizon. Great game. Anybody should play if they've got a PlayStation. Do I still right plan now. on playing it. Uh, at Richard Schaller asks, Anyways, here's a real one. Because <laughs> uh, he sent a diff the first time. Uh, what is a game that is ruined by one particular annoyance or issue? I want to say... I almost didn't want to continue near Automata because I did not, it did not mesh well with me, that combat. And you mean because you were playing it wrong? Well, you were playing it wrong. To be <laughs> fair, I also am not great at, what was it, Bayonetta, Bayonetta 1. I still haven't beaten that game because that combat does not mesh well with me. I, I mean, but, like, but Nier was like the same thing. Does you, you didn't figure out that there was a lock on for the uh, the shooting on that until pretty late in the game, right? 
I'd never found out. We found out later after I'd beaten the game. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> Jesus. That That is like instilling a self-imposed hard mode. Also, doesn't that tell that. you that I am really good at that game and I still don't like it? No. <laughs> no, it tells me that you need to just make it through the tutorial one of these days. You just should have just found the easy mode. <laughs> what other games were ruined by one particular annoyance or issue for you guys? Hmm. Final Fantasy X, the voice acting. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it might have been also ha, the story. Ha, ha, and a ha, ha 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 here and a ha ha there. I also yeah. thought of that, the nonsensical story. The, the way that you have to switch characters, which is stupid. There's, uh, the characters were not being likable. Uh, sorry. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the story being that bad, but also, how old was I when I came out? I've asked Shit. several people to explain it, and every time they got to just start saying, I don't know, they're all ghosts, it's fine. Only two it, of isn't them that... are ghosts. And it's no, not everybody's fine. a ghost. The people are dreaming that the world is still around. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. I, I feel like tearing apart the story of Final Fantasy X in this way is similarly damning of most Final Fantasy games. Yes. I will agree to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, for, for me, I'm, I'm going to pull a weird one here. Uh, so there was a game called Sonic the Hedgehog 4 <laughs> that came out. <laughs> That's on my back catalog. I plan on playing it even though I hear it's bad. Um, so, like... They marketed heavily on the idea of it being like, oh, the return to form of Sonic the Hedgehog, because it was the first time they had done 2D, and they were in a long time, and they were trying to really milk that idea for a while. Mm -hmm. They completely botched the momentum in that game. Just completely. It feels nothing like Sonic the Hedgehog should, and, and the levels are... It's like a parody of what everybody complains about Sonic the Hedgehog being. In that, like, the whole idea of, oh, you just run fast from left to right, <laughs> and, yeah. and and then you run into a trap and die. Like, it's just... So, like, I'm, I'm complaining about a lot of it, but specifically the movement of, of Sonic, the idea of, like, how Sonic is weighted and how moment, momentum works in Sonic is the one thing that really just kind of taints the whole thing. Gotcha. Okay. Getty, you're up. What? We're still doing this? We have two more. <laughs> oh no! I just read the last one. Ugh. Go for it. Go for the first one. I might have the last one. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at Travel by Bubble asks, one, why is Crash Bandicoot the greatest PlayStation game? Uh, and then Alex is written in, it's Puzzle Fighter. There we did it. <laughs> <laughs> and the second question is, how wonderful was Untitled Goose Game? So wonderful. So, can, can we all agree that Trash Bandicoot's favorite band is definitely Limp Bizkit? <laughs> I think I can agree with that. Well, I kind of felt like he'd be an Incubus person. No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Incubus is a good band. No, what's that band? That, what's the band that's not as good uh, as Incubus? The one that's like the the poor man's Incubus. I'm gonna oh, offend a God. lot of people here. Uh, Hoobastank. Uh, Hoobastank. Hoobastank. He oh, loved Hoobastank. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> right, so, what is what is the greatest PlayStation 1 game? I Mine, my vote was Puzzle Fighter. And PlayStation 1? Or the, yep. Hmm. It's, hmm. it's tough. I had a list here of uh, best PS1 games that, like, that were just, like, you know, internet 
and internet will give me a list. I, I kind of feel like the easy answer is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yep. Or Metal Gear Solid is a is a popular one as well. I'm gonna pull in Alex and say Star Ocean First Departure. Okay. Soul Reaver was a good game. That was another mm, good one. It was good for its time. And Goose Game, Untitled Goose Game, is wonderful. I enjoy it All quite agree? a bit. Yes, even if you don't finish it, just the the fun of being an evil goose is totally worth the price of admission. I do plan on beating that game this year. Okay. Last question. At Fix Podcast asks, could you cons- can you kindly, concisely explain the generic CY elliptical vibration over any toric base surface which supports an elliptical Calibi Yao threefold with a mirror that is an elliptic vibration over a dual toric base surface? <sighs> me and Joel had a long discussion about this. Oh, and- please enlighten me. <laughs> well, Joel, what can we say except, of course... We find that many Calibi Yao threefolds with elliptical or genius one vibrations mirror symmetry factorizes between the fiber and the base of the vibration. In the simplest examples, the generic CY elliptical vibration over any toric base surface B that supports an elliptical Calibi U threefold has a mirror that is an elliptical vibration over a dual toric base surface slash tilde B that is related through toric geometry to the line bundle dash 6KB. The Krauser Skark database includes all of these examples and gives a wide range of other more complicated constructions where mirror symmetry also factorizes. But Alex, since recent evidence suggests that most Talbi Yao threefolds are epileptic or genus one fibered, this points to a new way of understanding mirror symmetry that may apply to a large fraction of smooth Talbi Yao threefolds. I mean, the factorization structure identified here can also apply for Talbi Yao manifolds of higher dimension. I concur. I hate you both so much right now. <laughs> Alex, you said elliptical like five times. Elliptic. <laughs> elliptical. Yeah, it, it's just sort of the break the illusion that we actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> Damn it. I was so close. <laughs> I did pretty good otherwise. Oh. Yeah. Let's move on to one last thing. Thanks, guys, all of you, for the questions. One last thing. We're going to give one last sentence, one last statement. Sending us into the weekend and sending you, the listener, into the new week. For me, I'm going to try and get a stuffed 2B at the Near concert this weekend. I already have the two side story books. Joel? I am going to write a sequel to Must Love's Dogs and call it Cats Make Me Sneeze. (laughs) That's pretty good. Getty? (laughs) I can't believe you guys wrote the shit that I put in here. I didn't bother to think of one, so I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll go with it. Uh, This last week, Alex showed me a whole new level of H game, and I'm so scared. Yeah. (laughs) What the hell was that thing called? I don't even remember. All I know is that that lady is, like, smacking you, and then you smack her with a mushroom. I was real uncomfortable. Yeah, that was. was Wait, you literally smack her with a mushroom? Oh, my God. I'll send you a a link, Joel. No, don't, please don't. Don't watch, don't watch it at home. I'm finding please, the link now. Please do not. <laughs> and that will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where I streamed some Apex Legends because I was back on my bullshit. It was pretty fun. I got my ass whooped. I killed two people at the very end. It was thrilling. It was not... And Joel and Kelly, Kelly was back this week, where they played Getting Over It with Bedit Fadi. Also, last week, Metal Gear Hartwig almost took down the Shagohad, 
it looks like this week on Friday will be the exciting conclusion for Metal Gear Solid 3. If you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com and provide a review on iTunes or the Temtem of your choice. I gotta count. I think we said Temtem like 76 times this episode. It's fine. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Good name. GG Getty. GG. Good night, everybody.